Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Heart of Markness podcast. It's more like 80-something, counting all the bonus episodes and the patron episodes, etc. But the official Heart of Markness weekly podcast, episode 60. Yay, yay, yay. Had some cool things happen today. First of all, while I was at work... I got a phone call from somebody. I work in a laboratory that tests stuff for asbestos. Exciting job, right? Well, pays the bills. And this gentleman called, got his information, told him, told him, told him, and uh, said, thanks, have a good day. And he said, thank you, you too, Mark. I was like, huh, that's interesting. He remembered my name. And then like 20 seconds later, the phone rings again. And he's like, hey, sorry, I just had to call again. I have to ask, are you the Mark from the Led Zeppelin podcast? And I was like, holy shit. Yes, I am. How do you know? And he's like, because I listened to it. And it was so great. Oh, my God. Made my day. This was like somebody that I had never even intersected with before, as far as I knew. So there are people out there who hear this. Wow, that's cool. And I also got a lovely, lovely, lovely card with a wonderful note and a super cool Zoso sticker from Amy, who is a wonderful human being in our group, the Heart of Markness group on Facebook. Amy, thank you so much. Again, made my week. I've got it up on my, I can see it from here. It is on display uh, a testament that, that, gosh darn it, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and people like me. Sometimes you need that, you know? So yeah, good week for old Marky here. And we are closer, ever closer, days, just a few days away from the release of Badge Holder Blues, that awesome 1977 video document that uh, people, generations plural, younger than me, put together meticulously, unbelievably competently, and quickly. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. There will be ways in which to order. In fact, I believe if you contact badgeholderblues at gmail.com, you will get the information on how to get your free copy. This is free, by the way. You can download it. Burn it to a DVD if that's your thing, and own it forever. Put out labor of love from these wonderful, wonderful people. I think it's the Dogs of Doom group they call themselves. I should know this because I'm in it. But anyway, Led Zepp film spearheaded it, and my God, it's so good. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. All right. So there's that. And I will tweet and I will Facebook when it's live anyway. So check, check, check for information on that. But tonight is something else that just dropped in my lap. Because that same uh, chat room, Discord server that I'm allowed into because of this podcast. And I just stand around feeling awkward because it's high level stuff. Deep, I mean, deep, deep video, audio syncing, merges. What do you think of this? What do you think of this? And, um, I don't know. I just try and smile and be nice and stay out of everybody's way. Unless I have something to offer, which is this platform. Badge Holders Blues, coming out June 21st. And, yeah, uh, there'll be more. Once it's released, you will be happy. And you'll hear about it next podcast. But while I was in there, somebody who actually runs the Led Zeppelin Rarities YouTube was in there and dropped in this great compilation that I know he's been working on, that I've kind of been watching the progress, called Dance in the Doldrums. Is it dance or dancing? Let's take a look, Mark. Dancing in the Doldrums. One day soon, it's got to stop, it's got to stop. That line from In the Evening, off of In Through the Outdoor, which is Eric, my anonymous fan that called me today and made my day. He loves In Through the Outdoor. Eric, I hope you like this podcast, my friend. Dancing in the Doldrums is a uh, 1980 concert matrix compilation made by Led Zeppelin Rarities. 
and um, really, really breathed new life into those dry as fuck, unflattering 1980 soundboard tapes that have been around for 30 years. And um, he took the time, got great sources, and then took the time to make a really nice audience kind of heavy. Well, not an audience heavy, audience well-represented matrix that gives atmosphere and tone and air and space to these flat recordings. And I have not paid much attention to the beginning, the early dates of the 1980 tour. Um, I pretty much focused on the first bootleg CD I ever bought was the Over Europe CD from, um, God, at Twin Eagle or something. And uh, it was the it was the Zurich the June 29th soundboard. And I think it was the first Zeppelin CD bootleg ever pressed. I don't know. As far as I understood, it was. But so the 29th has been my go to because I grew up with it. The 30th Frankfurt is very good, as well as I think July 5th. I think it's the 5th, which is Munich, which is a fun one. I covered that one already. That's a really fun show. I think one of the only, if not the only fun shows on that tour. And uh, of course, the 7th, which is the last date they ever played. The early part of the tour, you have a much more lively and engaged Bonzo in Nuremberg. I think maybe on the 27th of June. I know it was definitely Nuremberg. It might have been the 27th or the 28th of June. He collapsed. Um, He did a few songs and then just collapsed. Show was canceled. And after that, uh, when he came back for the rest of the tour, he was pretty much phoning it in. Really not contributing much. Not playing poorly by any means. Just not inspired. Not a lot. I mean, Bonzo, you know. Um, And Jimmy, of course, very brittle with his tone struggling with his playing and um robert never had more of a feeling of a guy who was just like at work than on this tour um but the beginning part of the tour before bonzo's collapse is really upbeat and lively and it's neat to hear bonzo playing some fills playing around a little bit doing some cool filigrees here and there it's cool to hear jimmy doing stuff that kind of sounds lame on the dry soundboard but when you have the audience mixed in and get to hear how it sounded in the hall there's some good stuff here i listened to the first half last night and really loved it even the parts that weren't great i liked because i knew what they were going for and it just these are more fun and Zeppelin Rarities did a great job of creating a wonderful, lively, enjoyable recording to listen to. And doesn't fatigue the ears like the dry soundboards. You don't have to adjust and listen to bootleg ears like a raw audience tape sometimes. It's good. It's so good. I mean, I didn't think that I would care about the 80 tour ever again. I mean, I thought I was, I thought I knew, I thought I'd heard all I needed to hear, but listening to this is a new experience, much in the way that badge holders blues is a new experience for watching the 77 tour. Oh, and the email for that is badge holder blues, 1977 at Gmail badge holder blues, 1977, all one word blues is plural. Badge holder is singular. 1977 at gmail.com. Get you a link for a free copy of that DVD. Those DVDs. It's two DVDs. So that's amazing. All right? Do that. But this Led Zeppelin Rarities, oh my God, you guys are going to like it. I mean, this came out of the blue. I just happened to be in the chat room when he dropped the link for it. Like, here you go, bitches. And I grabbed it because, you know, I grab stuff when it's dropped in that group because it tends to be good. And um, it's good. It's good. I'm playing songs that I never thought I would play. Songs that I've openly mocked. Because they're so cheesy and terrible. I'm going to play them tonight. Because they're not that cheesy and terrible. Excuse me, I'm going to cough. <coughs> Apologies. Allergies have been absolutely terrible here. And um, I've had this sinus thing with my allergies that's turned into like a little bit of a 
minor sinus infection and my body's like, okay, we going to get sick or not? So I hope we don't. But um, I'm a little snufflier than usual. Apologies, and I will probably cough more than usual. But we're coming up on 10 minutes. Oh, we passed 10 minutes. Let's listen to some heckadoodle music, shall we? Now, these are from an assortment of dates. Let's see. The concerts he used were June 20th, Brussels, the 21st, Rotterdam, 23rd, Bremen, and the 24th, Hanover. None of those shows are that familiar to me. I've probably owned them all at some time back when it was like, I must have everything. But as far as being able to pick stuff out, I can pick stuff out from Zurich. I can sometimes pick stuff out from Frankfurt or um, the one that happened on the 5th that I can't remember. What is wrong with me? Munich. But uh, these early ones, not so much. Good stuff. So we're going to go fairly chronologically. We're going to go with Train Kept a Roland, which was what they opened with. And, um, I mean, it's 1980. It's not going to be the wild 1969 Zeppelin, but it is a new experience with this new mix. It's a lot more fun. A lot more fun, and I hope you agree. So let's go with Train Kept a Roland from the 20th in Brussels. And this is the soundboard and an audience recording mixed together. Give it a little more atmosphere. And um, I'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I like that more. I mean, it's still a little, a little, a little sloppy um, and a little, uh, 
I mean, it's very 1980, but I don't know, something about it just, I think maybe because it has the atmosphere, maybe it's because Bonzo is pushing a little and giving a little oomph to it instead of just kind of phoning it in like he did in the later bit of the tour. But man, I enjoy that. I like hearing Jonesy more up front. Led Zeppelin rarities. Good job, man. Good job. Thank you. You redeemed this tour in my eyes. I mean, uh, I've listened to it for years. I've always, it was the one I always wanted to hear when I was in high school in the, in the, in the, uh, mid eighties before these soundboards came out. I wanted to hear that because, um, I never knew that Zeppelin toured in 1980. You know, Hammer of the Gods at the time was the only book that came out, and they toured in 1980. Holy shit. I don't have any pictures of Jimmy from 1980. What did he look like? Did he still look like Jimmy Page? And just, I remember seeing pictures tripling through. Uh, there's a Jimmy Page biography called, I think it's called Tangents in a Framework. Something like that. Um, by Howard Milet, I think, if I'm remembering remembering correctly. I mean, uh, God, it's been it's been decades since I've had that book. But it was the first time I saw pictures from the 1980 tour. Really, really tiny black and white photos of the 1980 tour. And oh my God, was I curious. And then when those CDs came out 10 years later, or uh, no, just a few years later, 1990, I think I paid something, I don't know what I paid, 85 bucks for that disc set. It was a lot of money. It was a holy shit amount of money. And then I listened to it and I'm like, oh... Well, there's some cool stuff. <laughs> 1980, yes, it's so good that they did not come to the States. I think it would have tarnished their legacy. They had stopped the very long marathon songs, which is cool. I think they called it Cutting the Waffle, getting back down to just short songs. I think this is where Robert had a lot more agency. Um... It's always been Jimmy's band, very much so. But after um, the loss of Robert's son, I think they conceded a lot of control to Robert to get him back in the fold. And even then, he was back for like, okay, we'll do an album. Okay, we'll do Nebworth. Okay, we'll do we'll do a, we'll do a European tour, but it's only going to be this many dates. I'm only going to be gone this long. You know, very, very piecemeal. Instead of it being dictated to him, okay, here's where we're going. He was more dictating the conditions under which he would still sing for Led Zeppelin. And, um, you know, I think that at this point, given how dysfunctional this group was as a group because of dependency issues and addictions as a business entity because of addiction and dependency issues, um, they were in really bad shape. I don't, I think for their legacy, the fact that they never made it back to America for the 1980 tour is, uh, a net plus for them. Cause I think playing Chicago stadium to 50,000 people, 60,000 people or whatever at this level of not being that on top of things. You know, in 77, it was very much like, ah, J Jimmy's so wasted, man. Now it's... Now they're, they're, they're changing their product to meet their abilities. And uh, they're playing shows, they're playing gigs, standard set list, not a lot of deviation. And, you know, stuff like Since I've Been Loving You and Black Mountainside, White Summer are, are just showcasing... Um, Jimmy's Jimmy's uh, decline in fluidity. And a lot of people are like, it's the heroin, man. I don't know if it's the heroin as much as um, cumulative damage to his fingers and his tendons from breaking his fingers and not rehabbing them, not practicing, uh, playing the guitar so goddamn low. You have to, I mean, it looks cool, but it's hell on your hands. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, there's a lot of supposition that there's issues with tendonitis and things too, and just hand strength. I mean, Jimmy can be seen explaining that to uh, James Hetfield 
of Metallica at some Rock and Roll Hall of Fame jam thing, I think. Because um, they were like, you're going to solo? And he's like, nah, I just can't really bend the strings. But in any case, Jimmy was not in top form. Um, which, you know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm going to cough again. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. Coughing means it's time to play another song. All right. What's the other song? Well, we're going to play Nobody's Fault But Mine, which is the second song in the in the concert. When you saw them, they'd go from Train Kept to Rollin' right into Nobody's Fault But Mine. And they cut out a whole bunch of the intro, that like two minutes of before they start the song. They go right into it's cool. Now, Train Kept to Rollin' was from June 20th. This Nobody's Fault is from June 24th, which is in Hanover, Germany instead of Brussels, Belgium, which is what the first one was. But it's very good. It's lots of fun, and I hope you enjoy it. I like I like this version. I like the 1980 iteration of Nobody's Fault But Mine. It's just to the point and just balls to the wall. See you in a few.
And yes, that was Jimmy Page talking at the end. He introduced Black Dog, which we're not going to hear. I was going to play it, but uh, then I didn't, because Black Dog is essentially Black Dog, um, which is great, but it's pretty uniform, and I don't know. Didn't we? Uh, didn't didn't want to use the bandwidth for it. You'll be able to download this. In fact, you can download it now if you go to the YouTube uh, Led Zeppelin Rarities YouTube. I will also have it up on my site as well, and you can grab it there if you want. Which is heartofmarkness.com. Oh yeah, let's get into all that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Heart of Markness. Join the Facebook group Heart of Markness where you can hang out with the lovely Amy and all the Davids and Mimo and so many fans, so many fans and friends of the show. And we all hang out, exchange information, like, like, heart, heart, good stuff, good group of people. So consider that. And if you want to support this podcast in a tangible way, i.e. money, always welcome. You can go to patreon.com slash heart of markness and uh got a few different plans basically you can get a, an extra podcast a month uh discount on merchandise which is happening now i've got stickers and i'm getting uh waiting on cups and t-shirts and coasters etc fun times good things ahead so if you want to help contribute to the show that way and support it it is first of all a tangible benefit to me um, it doesn't seem like a lot of money. I mean, I know it is. And if you can't, no worries. And if you don't want to, no worries. This is a free podcast, first and foremost. If you feel compelled, because I'm so amazing, and in lieu of abject worship, you just simply want to give me some of the sweat from your brow, you're welcome to. Go to Patreon. Uh, I will read your name every week, like I'm going to do now. Here are the folks who, the titans upon whose shoulders rests the heart of Markness. You got your Avi, Bill, Brad, Danielle, David, Other David, Mark, Mimo, Peter, Tracy, and Wayne. And there's also Evan, who was a, uh, a teenager who wanted to be a patron, but only had a gift card and was like, hey, can I do it with a gift card. I'm like, no, don't do it with a gift card, dude. Um, so he is, even though he's not an, a listed patron, he is a patron in our heart. Because he wanted to, and it's sweet. I didn't take his money. He's a kid. And also, he's super rad. Really nice guy. So Evan is included too. Hi, Evan. And hi, Eric, who called today. And hi, Amy, who gave me a card and stickers. Yay, people. I'm making friends and getting to know you guys. Makes me very happy. All right. You know what else makes me happy? Playing the next GD song. Why didn't you say goddamn, Mark? Because I'm trying to be a better person. What does swearing have to do with being a better person? I don't know. Why are you talking to me like this? All right. Let's get back to it. Now, here's a song that I have shit on relentlessly for the entire length of this podcast. Live in the evening. Always terrible, right? Eh, yeah. Not terrible. Yeah, see, now I'm backpedaling. Yes. That keyboard thing. It's 1980. You're the biggest rock band in the world. Jesus Christ. Rick Wakeman can make just his two hands sound like eight trillion orchestras. And that's in 1973. And it's 1980. And Jonesy can only sound like a mall demo cassia tone that sits out in front of the store ah anyways i'm gonna play that song for you <laughs> because this version i enjoy it i hate that part with you know, you'll hear it if you're not familiar with it you'll be like oh that's jonesy why aren't you doing something with your left hand you could fill all that space with just lush synth strings even the mellotron 
shit, the bass pedal and anything other than just that reedy, empty, oh, I'm going to get going again. I'm going to get going again. All right. All right. Calm blue ocean. Serenity now. Okay, I'm back. This version of In the Evening, first of all, In the Evening is a badass song. It's great on In Through the Outdoor. It is great, 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 great. There's a ton of spooky shit going on just under the surface throughout the whole song, and especially during the solo, that sometimes you can just catch little glimpses of, and it's scary, like H.P. Lovecraft monster in the fog scary. Just dark. And uh, the live version does not have that. However, this live version... Sounds good because you get some of the audience hall sound in atmosphere, so it's not ridiculously dry. Secondly, Bonzo is really on fire in this song. He's with the timpanis, playing with the timpanis, doing little fills, doing little trills, going a little extra with everything he's doing. Even if he's not playing more, what he's playing is there's just instead of going bop, 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 he would go bop, bop, bop. You know, just little things like that and just driving it along. And Jimmy, I mean, his solo is kind of a mess in places, but he's going for it. I mean, he's doing it on purpose, I realized. He, this is what he wants to play. This is how he wants to sound. And once I realized that, that it wasn't like he was just so wasted he was unable to, this is what he was going for. Viewing it through that lens, it allowed me to be like, you know what? I like this. And some of the stuff he was going for is really cool that I had not heard before. And some of the stuff he's playing on the song I have never heard him play chord-wise. I can't really describe it. Um, I'll point it out after you hear it. Because that'll remind me and I'll be able to describe it better. Anyways, in the evening, live from when, Mark? When? What's the date? Holy Christ. I don't know. Ha, ha, ha. All right. Pulled it together. Why, that's from June 24th. Why, it's the same show you got nobody's fault but mine. So with the exception of Black Dog, it's like you're at that show. All right? All right. In the evening, June 24th, Hanover, Germany, the Led Zeppelin Rarities Matrix, Dancing in the Doldrums, just came out yesterday. It is fucking awesome. All right. Let's listen to it. You're going to like this, I hope. You better.
That was badass. That was badass. Even Robert cut loose a little and had some fun with it. It just needs... Okay, with the audience tape, you could hear more of um, Jonesy's left hand that I was bitching about. It still needs to be brought up a whole lot more to fill in that section. But man, if I was going to release that... I would have Jonesy come in and just lay a bass line over that as well. Just cheat. Because if he was just playing bass in that empty space with that string synths filling that during that do 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 I mean, just it, it would fill that song and that space so much and it would kick so much ass. Bonzo was on it. Very playful. Very good. And, you know... You hear? Did you hear what I meant with him just being extra on that and just being uh, just above and beyond and kicking that song into a higher gear and f- better fills, messing around with things, cool with the timpani, playing with Jimmy with it, and um, fun. And Jimmy doing some cool-ass shit. 
really, really liked it. The stuff with the Wawa, everything. Enjoyable. Uh, that, that, I made me think of that Dom DeLuise line from History of the World Part 1 where he's Caesar and they're bringing him tribute, treasure and stuff, and he's like, nice. Nice. Not thrilling, but nice. Yeah, not thrilling, but nice. Really nice. And occasionally thrilling. That was a pleasant surprise. I really like that, and I hope you did too. Now, <laughs> uh, an unfortunate follow-up to that. I'm going to play All My Love, which is not really all that thrilling live, but it's the only time they played it, this short tour. It was a huge hit, and it's unique. You know, they only played it on this short little tour, so I'm putting it in here. Jimmy throws some nice, tasty licks towards the end on what would be the fade-out um, on the album. And, you know, it has its moments, yo. Good song, sad song, good lyrics. Let's get to it.
Thank you. That was. God damn it, that was good too. I don't know why I keep like apologizing for these things like here comes all of my love because I'm like, ugh, it's never interesting. That was interesting. That was interesting. I mean, it was still all my love, but um, Bonzo was killing it. He was pushing it. Everything Jimmy played was cool. I liked that. I liked that. I liked all of my love live. Huh. Never said those words in that order. All right. Cool. Yay. We learned something today, kids. That was also from June 24th. So that June 24th, badass date. Excellent. You know, I am going to call it here. I will probably do part two next week because um, it's easy. But um, who knows? I may do something else. You know how I be. All right. So let's call this. You can um, go to hardermarkness.com eventually. I don't know if I'll get to it tonight. And uh, download this entire set uh, put together from Le uh, by Led Zeppelin Rarities. You can actually listen to this whole thing on YouTube, on Led Zeppelin Rarities' YouTube channel. And just, yay, excellent job. Excellent job, dude. I really enjoyed this. And, I mean, <laughs> you're making me enjoy the 1980 tour. Just in the same way Led Zeppelin film is making me enjoy watching the 77 tour. What are you, what are you whippersnappers doing? It's witchcraft. I like it. All right. Well, thank you very, very much, everybody. And uh, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. See you probably this weekend for a bonus episode of something other than Zeppelin. Uh, and if I don't, I'll definitely be back next Thursday for more Zeppelin. Bye bye. <laughs>